Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. And we're back. I can't believe it is episode 30 of She Loves the Grid. Hi, Hello. Diane. I'm Claire. We are we are back. Oh my gosh. 30 episodes. That's insane. How in the world are we? I mean, it is September or yeah, almost October, right? <laughs> so think about that. We started this in January. That's nuts. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I so much too. has happened. And 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 truth be told, we're, it's going to be the, the Diane show this week because, uh, yeah, I was enjoying myself this weekend. Yes, <laughs> I know. Tell everybody what you did this weekend. I went to Ireland for my birthday. So, you know, last last Monday was my 29th wedding anniversary and this past Saturday was my birthday. And so, yeah, I spent, uh, as, as and many people in Ireland saying, what's your, a couple of people, what are you 30 again? Are you 22 again? There's like all these different things like that. It's like, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> You're like, how do you so know? I was either just learning to walk again when I fell on Sunday, but just because I'm a klutz. Anyway. <laughs> One of my it was great. Got to, do the, got to do the Guinness Storehouse Factory Tour, which is amazing. Had a proper pint of Guinness in Ireland from where they make it and just amazing. I, I even have my Guinness oh, shirt on. So. <laughs> and you were saying like how different the taste is from, I mean, now you're in Germany, but Guinness compared to U.S. Guinness to what you yeah. got at the actual Guinness. I've, Never been able to drink it in America. I've, I've, it's always been just a little too bitter for me. And I had many a Guinness. In fact, after I had my first one, that's all I had to drink the, the rest of the weekend. <laughs> I was there for the rest of, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. So How was good. your week? It was good. I don't know. Lots of things like happening in the background. Um, so hopefully, I don't know, maybe sometime soon maybe not as soon. I'll have some fun things to share. So we'll see, but lots of fun things happening and uh, yeah, pretty, pretty chill. Otherwise. So cool. So cool. We just got to get to where, you know, we're celebrating birthdays together instead yes. of apart. So just say, all right, well, let's, let's get into it. Cause I did sneak into some of it, but cause you know, it was like three in the morning, three and seven in the morning. And when you're having a good time, Neither are good for trying to watch anything. So I tried to catch up. I tried. No worries. I've got you covered. But there is really a lot of stuff that happened. I feel like the last few weeks, every time we have an episode where there's a race that weekend, like so much has happened during the week. And so the first whole part of our podcast is just talking about what happened during the week. But it's it's all really important stuff. So anyways, first of all, Suzuka looks like so much fun. And honestly, I added this to the tracks that I want to go to. Like, we're going to be so busy <laughs> going to all of these races because it's like, in addition to Silverstone and I think Bahrain, like there's so many that I want to go to. Obviously, Monaco. Where else did we say we were going to go? Monza. Monza, of course, Monza. Well, now we have to add Suzuka to the list. It just looks like fun. Like, it, the fans are super creative like everywhere you look there's cool creative hats and shirts and like there was a whole group on a grid walk that was in front of the alfa romeo um pits or garages 
and they all had t-shirts with baby Valtteri's face on it. And like, if you oh, have that was amazing. Like the DRS. Yes. Yes. It's so crazy. So the outfits, the hats, and the drivers seem to also love it. And so they're out doing things and there's so much going on. To me, it, it was kind of like, this is what it's like when they go to Australia or they go to Austin. They're, they just seem to really love it. And it just like the atmosphere. I just want to be a part of it. So anyways, okay. Silly season. Oscar Piastri. McLaren has locked him down through 2026. So his contract was set to expire in 2024. They have locked him down through 2026, which I think is actually super smart, especially after this weekend, which yeah. we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but I do think he could be a future world driving champion. Like I, I think they've got it in him. Um, so I, yeah, just so smart to not to lock him down. But when you compare him to the other rookies and granted Nick DeVries was a rookie and he's gone. <laughs> so did you compare him to Logan? And I guess the few races that Nick did, he's first in all of this all of the categories, like he's got 42 points. Well, now he's got more than that. So when, when um, they announced him earlier this week, he had 42 points. Um, now P3 is his best race result. Um, he's had the fastest lap. He got second in a, um, in the sprint race. Like he's just, and now he's like his best race position is P2. It's hard to believe that he's a rookie for how it he's is. showing. It's hard to believe he's a rookie. Yeah, now we know why McLaren did what they did last year to get him. Like he, yeah. <laughs> he has got it going on. I do think it's a little interesting um, that he did sign on for three years. So, or two years, I guess, three years from yeah. now, but two years if his contract expired in 2024. Um, because I know like they did that with Lando, but then we've, we heard last week, Max and well, Chetty Cathy and, you know, Rebel were like, why did, Lando signed such a long contract and, you know, I mean, they're doing great now. They'll probably do, do good next year, but you don't ever want to end up with a team where you can't win and score points. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming he knows what he's doing. Um, and at least he knows he's secure through 2026. So good job, Oscar. Um, <clears throat> also the big signing. I was waiting. so happy about. So happy. Let me tell you, I was waking up. Well, actually, so with the time difference with Japan, like they were all heading to the tracks for practice and qualifying and everything um, at like, it was about seven o'clock my time at night. And so I get on my phone because all week there were rumors that Daniel and Yuki were going to be re-signed by Alpha Tauri. And I was like, okay, I, it's got to be today. Like I'm thinking, okay, well, they didn't do it on Wednesday. Maybe it's Thursday when they're all at the track because they want to announce this at Yuki's home race. And nope, it didn't happen Thursday. It didn't happen Friday. I was like, you messaged me. You're like, oh, this is a rumor. I hope it's true. Uh, I was so worried because I thought, well, maybe it isn't true or maybe they want to get through the weekend. I don't even know. Um, so they are both signed through, I think it's 2024. Um, Liam he got the reserve driver position. I think that would still allow him if somebody else like say Williams wanted him, I think it would allow him to maybe sign with them, but they snapped him up for reserve driver. The rumors are that they are setting Liam up to take a spot 
at AlphaTauri or Red Bull for 2025. Like they've seen what he can do and they want to keep him. So supposedly that's it. I still think that kind of sucks for him because I do think he probably has earned a spot on the grid. So he has to wait one more year. But I mean, I guess hopefully they gave him some um, assurances. So I don't know. We'll see. But my thing is like, I love Yuki. And we all know that this Alpatari car has been garbage until kind of recently. And even then, I don't know. Um, but if the rumors are true that the Alphatari car is going to be basically this year's Red Bull, so next year's Alphatari, this year's Red Bull, I really do want to see, like, what can Yuki do, like, in, a, in an actual car. Um, okay, so that's kind of fun. Then Mick, poor Mick Schumacher. Um, supposedly. That about Yuki yeah. and Daniel, if they only are signed until 2024, that's actually a good strategic move for Red Bull because they're giving them the Red Bull car pretty much next year. See what they can do. If they can't perform, yeah. that gives Alcatari a chance to, to swap it out too, because they're going yeah. to be given at least a machine next year. Yeah. If if it, if that is true, that it's going to be ridiculous. That's true. <laughs> it's yeah, gonna sorry. Be I just thought about that. Yeah. No, that's that's a good thought. Um, okay, so supposedly Mick has been rejected by Williams. So we know that Total Wolf, president of Mercedes where Mick is a reserve driver and James Vowles, who is the principal now at Williams, they worked together for a very, very long time at Mercedes. And I guess Toto was really advocating for Mick to have a seat, Logan seat <laughs> at Williams. And he was like showing James all like, here's the simulated simulator data, like all of it. Like, but apparently James was like, mm, he was more impressed by Felipe Drogovic's turn in FP1. I think it was at Singapore last week. He, I think it was last week. Um, it was. He sat in on Lance's car and he was really impressed by Felipe. Felipe is another driver that people are like, he really should have a seat in F1. Um, so that might be what they are looking at is moving Felipe into Logan's seat. Um, but we'll talk about more about Logan here in just a second. So for Mick, Alpine actually confirmed that they are in talks with Mick to be a part of their World Endurance Championship team. So they they reiterated, like, we're only in talks. We hope to set up a test soon. But, you know, that it kind of takes Mick away from F1, but puts him into an endurance championship. And maybe at some point he can come back. We've seen many drivers leave and go do stuff and come back. I mean, granted, they've been like a Kimmy or, or Fernando, but at least it keeps you in racing at some, you know, at some aspect. And if it's Alpine, maybe Alpine would bring him back if Esteban and Pierre don't work down, down the road. Okay. Back to Logan. So even though supposedly there's rumors that Williams really likes what Felipe did, the paddock is saying that James and Williams really want to keep Logan for next year and see what he can do as a second year driver. Huh. I mean, maybe. Um, apparently his deal is not done for next year, but they're leaning towards keeping him. So that all kind of came out earlier this week. And then he had a crash on Saturday, I think it was. And then... Like the money, the money that is, 
he, they're, they're not they're not a rich team and and no. he just keeps causing well so and supposedly they don't have they had, to replace almost, they had to replace most of the car yeah commentators were saying yes it they basically said it was like they had prepared a third car for this weekend and so that was one of the reasons he um had to start from the pits and he had a 10 um 10 second penalty but i've also heard that um, he, they don't have extras of the upgraded parts. And so they're having to scrape together. He doesn't even have the same car as Alex Albon because they're, they're scraping together parts to fix all the stuff that he's broken. I think he's had, what, two crashes in the last two weeks? And yeah. then there's been other stuff. So, I mean, to me, it's like Mick at Haas. And again, just finishing Gunther's book recently, and that was one of their main reasons for getting rid of Mick was that he was costing them so much money and they need to have, you know, a solid driver. And I'm starting to wonder if Williams feels the same way. We we know that um, James has come out and talked about just, you know, the money. They don't have as much money as some of the other teams and to keep replacing cars and parts is just blah. Um, Up until... He, I mean, when we were in mid-season, we were in the summer, he hadn't finished three of his races. And then he didn't finish this one. I mean, he hasn't finished several races. So I'll have to go look yeah. at it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not been good. And sometimes, I mean, I, I would need to go back and look, but I think sometimes it's not necessarily been his, his fault. But, yeah, it's just, yeah, not great. Um this year's silly season has been a little dull because we're basically just re-signing people. Um, but I do think next year is going to be nuts because I think there's at least 11 contracts that are expiring. Like you've got two at Ferrari. Um, you'll probably have, well, you'll have two at Haas, uh, not Mercedes. We'll you'll have one at Red Bull. I mean, there's a whole plethora of, I mean, that's more than half the grid where contracts are expiring. Yeah, so a lot. It could get really, really interesting. Um, but anyways, we'll keep an eye on it, and hopefully Williams will make a decision sometime soon. But last year with Mick, um, Haas did not make a decision towards until towards the end of the year. They really wanted to give him as much time as possible. And I'm guessing if the rumors are true that they're leaning towards keeping Logan, they're going to give him as much time as possible. So we shall see. Um, FIA news that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, they announced that they rejected three out of the four applicants for prospective new teams for 2026. So the only team that does remain is Andretti Global. And if you'll remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about that, how they changed their uh -huh. name to Andretti Global and their website now has like a silhouette of an F1 car <laughs> on it. So I, it's sounding more and more like they might be the 11th team on the grid come 2026. So, so only 11 because it's going to be possibly 10. So well, we already have 10. 12. Possibly 12, 12. Yeah. <laughs> like, I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. So, I mean, 11, 22 drivers, like could be, could be interesting. Um, but I think, the other thing that came out from the FIA, and this is like shocking absolutely no one except maybe FIA um, members, but they admitted that they should have penalized Verstappen in Singapore for impeding Yuki during qualifying. Shocking. 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 Everybody said it. 
Um, and what was also interesting is that there were many drivers this week who are very vocal about it. Lando did, Carlos did, like saying it's interesting that other drivers have been penalized for the exact same thing, but the one driver that's dominating gets a total pass. That was kind of, that's a paraphrase of, of um, what Carlos said. So um, yeah, shocking. I mean, can't do anything about it. Thank goodness he didn't get a podium, but like, come on. It, we've talked about this before. Like we can't pick and choose when we want to apply the rules. The rules should apply all the time. Like all the time. That's why we have rules. <laughs> so <laughs> we don't get to pick and choose because, oh, Yuki didn't show up even though it's our sister team and we probably told him not to, or, you know, we're not going to give this to you. Like, no, across the board. That's what rules are for. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's ridiculous because it just is, I mean, how would it have affected him at that last race? Would have dropped? Maybe I think he, I don't have to go look at the things. If he had a five second penalty, what if he potentially dropped out? Probably not. Cause at the end, maybe, but in the middle, he would have gained probably the five seconds back. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't performing that well, but yeah. Because it happened in qualifying, he should have had a three place grid drop where I think oh, like yeah. the biggest thing is, is Yuki. Because if you remember in Singapore qualifying, Yuki was P1 after Q1 and it was in Q2. He couldn't even get a lap time in part because Max impeded him. So you have the fastest car in Q1 who's knocked out in Q2 for impeding. He could have totally made it into Q3, which would have also helped him. I mean, he did secure his contract, but would have absolutely helped him, you know, personally. But also, like, for race day, he would have been higher up. Like, I think yep. Max started ahead of him. Well, he, Max did start ahead of him in Singapore. So just lame. Like, agreed. the three place grid drop if he hadn't impeded yuki could have been into q3 and started in the top 10 like and alpha tauri needs all the points they could get so they could have missed out on points that weekend for sure well more points because i think what's his, what's what's his name liam yeah, <laughs> I, think yeah. Liam, I think score points at Singapore. anyways okay there were a lot of special helmets this week and if you're on our in no, if you're on our YouTube, we've got some. I was obsessed with Lewis's um, chrome helmet. It looked so cool. And they did a lot of really artsy pictures um, where to me, it looked like it had more like sparkles on it, but it was like chrome and it had gold right down the center over his face, you know, the visor. Like, I love this helmet. I love it. I think it's so awesome. There was a um, Japanese artist that he worked with on this. I think it's amazing. Oh, that's I so love cool. that one. Yeah. And then Esteban, es, um, Japan is really, a, has, I think has a special place in Esteban's heart. I love that it's got like the Suzuka and the track and, you know, it had um, the red on the top of his helmet. It was just like their flag. So it's just like the red circle. I just, I thought that was really cool. You could tell it really meant something to him. And it was kind of funny because he wore he, there's video and pictures of him where he put it on and he's wearing just like regular clothes and he's walking around um, <laughs> Japan or Suzuka, like on the city streets, just kind of walking just around. Good sense of humor. This, okay, Fernando Alonso's helmet was insane. So one of the things I learned about Fernando watching that Fernando documentary um, 
or series on Amazon Prime. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. But he talks about how he really identifies with samurai. And um, Japan, again, he loves Japan, loves the track. It's his all-time favorite track. Um, but he has this samurai tattoo on his back, and it's huge. Well, he put that same design on the back of his helmet. And then you've got like traditional like Japanese architecture on the side and you know he's got the 14 and I it's amazing. But like I just love how everything worked around like the samurai. And if you were following Aston Martin's social media this week, you saw they incorporated that into everything. There's a whole video that uh, Fernando did about the samurai and their beliefs and how he kind of takes those beliefs and has implemented them in his own life. It's really, really good. It's not too long. So I'd highly recommend going out to their social media and looking for it. But I just loved this. Like, I loved it. It's amazing. Joe. Joe has a special helmet. I don't know. It's all right. <laughs> but he had a special helmet. I it's all was good. I know the design would be, but I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah, no, I think it is very cool. I think it does have a very cool pattern on it for sure. And Joe, he he and Valtteri both are do a really good job of serving up like unique helmets for different races. So I do like it. I well, I love Joe's style. And then Yuki, of course, had a had a special helmet. And um, there is something about the leaves that were on top of the helmet. It forms a red circle. Uh, similar to their flag, but the difference with there's like five leaves and three leaves on different, I don't know. There, there's like a whole thing about how that works and I should have wrote it down, but I did it. Um, and also it gives a nod to Honda. So Honda is a sponsor. Honda's created that track. We talked about last week, how they created that as a test track because they really wanted to be um, a powerhouse. And so you've got a little bit of, of that going on also. There were some other drivers that had some special helmets, like I know Lance did also, but I just, these were some of my favorites. So just wanted to share those with everybody. Those are so cool. I know. They're so fun. Okay. You ready for some fun facts? Let's get to some fun facts. What I'm loving the fun facts. What we're going to have these on the website. We're going to put these on the website. Yeah. I need to, uh, we need to come up like, I think of like Wayne's World or something like fun facts. I know I need to. Okay. So in Singapore, Lewis had his 196th podium, 196 podiums. Carlos and Lando haven't even done 200 races, let alone been on the podium. <laughs> anywhere close to that. And granted, they've not been racing as long, but that is insane. So it's actually possible for him to get 200, podi 200 podiums this season. It's possible. It might happen. It didn't happen this weekend, but it might happen. So I think Maybe. that's pretty cool. Um, that's amazing. So last week, there were a lot of different implications, or I think I, I wrote down implications, but that may not be the right word. But anyways, from last week's race. So Carlos's win last week wasn't the first time that Ferrari ruined a team's perfect season. It happened also back in 1988 when um, Gerard Berger broke McLaren's winning streak at the Italy GP. So I think that's kind of cool. Like, I think Carlos, he's now in the record books, like <laughs> ruining 
Red Bull's perfect season. I think that's awesome. <laughs> I love that he ruined their perfect season because they didn't I think get the one. World did. It was. I mean, it's different. all about. It's a Red Bull's world. Red Bull's world, but Red not Bulls that. World. We're just living in it, but you know what? When we get somebody that will take them down, the whole world rejoices. So. Got to knock them down. Every once in a while. Um, okay, so until the Singapore race, there were three drivers who had scored points in every race this year. And I know we've talked about this a couple times this year, but it was Max and Lewis and Fernando. But in Singapore, Fernando finished outside the points. And so now it is just Max and Lewis who has finished in the points. And even after the Japanese Grand Prix, Max and Lewis still the only two drivers. So there you have it. Um, also, since Max wasn't on the podium in Singapore, Michael Schumacher remains the only driver with a 100% podium record in a single season. So Max has gotten a lot of records this year, but Not doesn't, get, doesn't get that one. <laughs> doesn't get that one. Okay, let's talk about super quickly some of the team stuff that was announced. So Haas said that they will have a sizable upgrade in Austin. I feel like after, was it last week or the week before when I said, like, basically Singapore is like the last place where they bring their upgrades, <laughs> their major upgrades. Now they're making me look like a liar because every team is still bringing upgrades. But Haas will have a sizable upgrade in Austin. Um, and they were not expecting a lot. Like, they're not expecting a lot. Like, they thought they were going to be trash. They thought that this weekend was going to be their worst of the season. Um, and we can talk about that a little bit more. But they said that even in Austin, they may not be expecting a lot from the car. But it's really going to be important to see how it performs as they continue working on the car for next year. So we'll see what happens. Haas, I mean, they're the little the little constructor that could. I just know, like, they're going to get there. They're going to get there. Um, Alfa Romeo, they supposedly have some more upgrades coming this year because why not? After I announced it, everybody decided to bring upgrades. Um, Aston Martin, there was a rumor this week that Lance was not going to be um, in the car. So that was kind of like up until Thursday when he showed up at the paddock, people, rumors flying everywhere. And we know that Seb was there. So people were like, put Seb in the car. Like, <laughs> so it didn't yeah, happen. Lance was there. Better, Lance just isn't in it. I was talking to someone about that recently. Um, we were talking about the, the race in F1 and it was like, Lance is just, his head's just not in the game, it seems. I mean, he's really struggling. He's really, really having a difficult time. Um, they, I mean, I just think as a constructor, they're struggling because like they've started out awesome, but they've been outdeveloped ever since like what, Canada? Canada, ever since they made those improvements, improvements, right. they're quoting, and yeah. Canada, they've, they've just, it's been struggling. And even, I mean, Carlos, or Carlos, Alonso was saying that the car was uh, practically undrivable, you know, and yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. I was surprised that he didn't like leave one of the race, recent races because it's just. I, when he said that yesterday, I thought, because yeah. yesterday yeah. he was kind of like, you guys threw me out here. Like, I, I mean, I maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was the week before where I thought he would just come in like 
why, why even bother? But they've been out developed big time. So they have got to be. It was Singapore. It was Singapore. We talked about the car was undrivable. And I was like, why are you even. And then they brought him in and then had that horrible pit stop and everything. I was just like, why are you even. Yeah. At this point, you know, it's been. Yeah. He finished the yeah. last that race. Oh, that was terrible. So I don't know. They've got to get it together. You know, Papa Stroll is not happy. You know, no. that, no. Even if you're a billionaire, you don't want to be putting money out there and have it like your team is going backwards <laughs> the whole, like, the rest of the season. So, like, let's finish strong. Um, Red Bull announced this week, like, keep an eye on their social medias because opening is going to open soon for the Vegas livery. Um, I haven't seen anything about the Austin livery, so I don't know if I missed like voting for that. I haven't seen any designs. I, they'll probably do that in October. But anyways, I'm hoping that we just ha- have some really cool, like unique designs for Vegas. And I'm kind of bummed because I totally forgot I wanted to try to enter a design. <laughs> so, oh, well, such is life. Um, okay, AlphaTauri. This rumor was around a in a few different places, but now they're saying Adidas is supposedly competing with Hugo Boss for to take over sponsorship of AlphaTauri next year. I'm like, I would love it. Like, can we we could like do like a little run DMC my Adidas? Like, there's so much I think we could we could do with that. Like, come on, come on, Adidas. I think it'd be better than Hugo Boss. Like, come on. So we'll see. We'll see. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Less com- competitive since Hugo Boss is also what sponsors Alonzo. So yeah. yeah, he does. He does sponsor Alonzo, and he's been looking a little less dad-like at the track when he comes. But this past week was not that great. Um, also for Alfatari, there are rumors we thought that Danny Rick would be back in Qatar, which is not this coming week, but next week. But now they're saying it may not be until after Austin. So I'm assuming he'll still be at the track at Austin because he absolutely loves Texas. He loves um, Austin and, and that track, but he might not be back until Mexico. So that's kind of interesting. So I, maybe, his, maybe his PT is not going as well as he expects. I mean, there's a lot of stress that puts on that hand, you know, and yeah. I mean, that's a lot of pressure, like, especially how big that scar was. If it's, if you're watching on our YouTube, like I'm kind of showing my fifth metacarpal, like all the way down, but like that, it could be all the way down and like that vibration and stuff coming off the wheel, like, yeah, that could be, that could be tricky. And for me, like, and everybody's different, I get it, but I had a hard time like making a a fist and that might be one of his goals is making that fist. And I couldn't do it. It was, that's more of a genetic thing um uh, you know like his heritage you wonder his grip strength too maybe his grip strength is grip effective strength. not able to hold on to the wheel effectively right versus left it's got to be fairly equal i would imagine because yeah. you go That's both true. turn you know both ways on the, the, the track so yeah yeah it'll be interesting no, to watch yeah so we'll see what happens i mean it doesn't sound like guitar that just gives liam lawson even more opportunities to prove himself so go liam oh, okay. next man up mentality um, okay, so then Mercedes had a new front wing. I don't know why I can't say front wing. Like, I have to really pause and think about front wing this week. And Toto wasn't at the race at all. And you know what? I didn't really even notice until yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice at all. But he was supposedly having knee surgery. So he was not there. 
anyways. Well, there are great things about Toto having a mask over his face when the Mercedes are fighting it out, which is hysterical. Yeah. Him and me both, like that was stressing me out. For McLaren, um, both, I, both drivers had the upgrade that just Lando had in Singapore. They both had it this week. They also had a new beam wing and a side pod in, inlet. And they bro broke her for, I can't even speak. They broke her <laughs> on Thursday night. So, Are we going to just do some vocal warm-ups before we do this? You know? Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. I don't know. <laughs> I needed My friend's voice coat, if she's listening, would be quite happy that I remember those. <laughs> Anyway, maybe I need to work with her. Um, but McLaren is saying, and this is kind of ridiculous after the race this weekend, but they're saying they haven't achieved even 50% of where they would like to be with their aerodynamics for the car. Um, all the changes that they made to solve the issues, you know, that happened earlier this season, um, that came from their team principal. Um, so I think that is mind boggling because they are easily the most improved car on the grid. They have outdeveloped everybody else as far as I'm concerned. And they still think they haven't even achieved 50% of what they want to. So yeah, are they saying that just because that Brown's trying to like, you know, uh, maybe, I mean that, I mean, but it wasn't Zach that said it, but maybe he forced Andrea to say it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe it could be. Zach, in the you know, line. Of course he was on the grid yesterday before the race, standing around waiting for somebody to ask him to, talk to them. Um, they say they are saying that they know what they want to tackle, but it's going to require a lot more work. And so it'll go more towards yeah. next year's car. Um, but like, here's my thing. There's a cost cap. You have basically built three new cars this season because you had your crappy car that you started with and knew immediately we have to make changes. And then they had changes. I want to say in Bahrain. And then ever since then, like, it's just different, different, different. And just this week, you've got new side pod inlets and a new beam wing. Like, what is the cost reset those? Or like, is it per year? Is it cumulative? Or how? That's a good question. Because at some point, you have to start this year for next year. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a good question. I'll look into that. Yeah. Because I, yeah. Because part of the rules. I like that kind of stuff. I'll look into that. Yeah, see if you can find out an answer because that is a good question. I mean, we know we never find out if somebody broke, like we won't know who broke the 2023 cost cap until probably next summer. So like, but at the same time, I could totally see them saying like, nothing really happened to Red Bull. So like, we'll just go ahead and do it too. Not saying that they did. That's allegedly, I'm joking. But like, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, okay, Ferrari, last update before we get into this race weekend. Ferrari, Charles had a new floor this week. Only Charles, not Carlos. Um, it's definitely a significant upgrade. And for Ferrari, it is their last update for 2023. So <coughs> Ferrari did not make me out to be a liar. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> okay, so practice, not really too much to talk about, but I did want to say one thing that was kind of funny. There was a lot of like arrow rakes and the flow viz on the car. We talked about what all of that stuff is for during the preseason. So if you're new, go back and listen to one of our first or maybe second episodes somewhere in there. Um, but 
Carlos went out right after one of the McLarens and the flow viz just went all over him. And he did, he was so funny because he didn't know what it was called. He's like, what do you call this? And he's like, it's all over me. Like it's all over me. So it was kind oh, of funny. Dad, I missed that. I'll have to go try to find the Yeah, recording. you have to find it. I'm sure I have it. I think I have it, but it was really kind of funny. And also in FP1, Pirelli was testing a new tire. So it's a C2 prototype. They're testing it for 2024. They, if you notice, like they were tires, they didn't have any kind of sidewall marking. So there was no red or yellow, nothing, you know, around the outside. And each team had two sets and they used them for Friday only. So um, that was kind of interesting because um, Pirelli is probably hoping to not have an issue like they did this year, where the tires that they created and thought they would remain throughout the year, they realized the cars were so, the way they were set up they needed to quickly bring some of the 2024 tires forward to 2023. Um, so we talked about that, I think after Australia, that is when that happened. Um, and F FP2, Pierre did crash. He locked up at Degnar 2, which if you were watching the race, a lot of the cars were like having issues around that corner. Um, everybody was on the curb there, like just like sliding. The floors were just like sliding across the curb. It was terrible. But he got a red flag, ended the session, and his team had to fix his car. Okay. Qualifying. Are you ready? Guess what happened in Q1? <laughs> well, I think you're on mute. But anyways, Logan crashed in the final oh, sorry. turn. Can we imagine? <laughs> yes. Sorry. Logan crashed in the final turn, his first flying lap. So his left rear tire, when it hit the wall, and I want to say, no, this it wasn't it. Anyways. When it hit the wall, like his, his left rear tire was flat like this. It wasn't like, it was just completely flat. Like it was horrible. So brought the red flag out. The rear grip on the Williams, I don't think was great. And I think Alex had kind of said the same thing, but this is, we mentioned this earlier. This is his second crash in two weeks. Plus there was two crashes in Zandvoort. So again, the money that he is going through just in the last like three, four races is ridiculous. Tore that car up. I mean, well, he just tore it up. Tore it up. I probably should have found a picture of that one because yeah, it, it was like, oh my goodness, that is gonna be costly. Um out there was a few like lap times that were deleted, nothing crazy. Lawson, though, in Q1 was the fourth quickest driver. So he was definitely, I, I just was kind of like, do you think like, he's like, Hey, you should assign me. <laughs> like Maybe I should be the driver. I think he went out there with something to prove. But anyways, out in Q1, we had Sergeant Stroll, which we'll talk about Botas, Joe and Hulkenberg. Um, in Q2, pretty much everybody was like trying to get a banker in. And then they were sitting in the pits. Like you would have hated it, Claire. Like that is, I, I would have, uh... <laughs> you would have absolutely hated it because that is one of your pet peeves. So they basically were sitting in the pits until the last three minutes. Um, Oscar started to go out. I don't remember where he was. I think he was in P2 at that point. He started to go out. He was in the queue to go back out and they actually stopped him. And they said, just park, just pull over to the side before you leave the pit lane and we will come and get you. And the crew came down and pushed him back. They just wanted to save his tires. Like they figured at that point, he's not going to drop down um, too far. So 
Yuki actually made it into Q3 in his home race and the crowd was going wild. Yay. Um, so that was really, really exciting. So out in Q2, we had Ocon, Lawson, um, Albon, Gasly, and K-Mag. And what I felt bad for K-Mag is he has not reached Q3 at Suzuka since his rookie season in 2014. Like, this is just definitely not his track <laughs> for whatever reason. And yeah, so. The, oh my gosh. I know. The, the record lives on. Um, okay, so Q3, Max came out and he did a 129. Oh, it was insane. I, mean, I, I saw that at uh, race time, the record, I think, is like 130 set by Lewis or something like that. Yeah. So that was insane. It, I mean, he just kept getting faster and faster. And so I thought, well, he, he went back to the pits like they do. And I thought, well, I wonder if he'll stay there. Like nobody else was getting close to that. And then he came back out and did a second run and he did 128.8. I'm like, what? Now you're just showing off. Like we know you were upset last year or last week at Singapore. You don't want that to happen. Like you are not messing around. We get it. We get it. Um, the Ferraris hung out, talk about driving me crazy. The Ferraris hung out in the garage until there was about four minutes left. And then they came out finally. Um, and Oscar became the fifth Aussie to be on the front row. So he outperformed Lando. He was super calm on the radio when they told him he was on the front row. You know, Oscar just kind of like, thank you. That was great. Um, and you know what? <laughs> <laughs> that is how he kind of comes across, which I, I, you know, whatever. Um, but the other thing I was super impressed with is that this was his first time at the track. He's a rookie first time at Suzuka, which is challenging. And he's on the front row, like good for you, rookie. I didn't realize it was his first time ever at the track. Even he's yeah. never been there in the lower. Oh, wow. That's what they said. That's what they said. Liam has been there a lot because he was racing, I think, in that circuit. So he had been on that yeah. track quite a bit. But I, from what they said, this was Oscar's first time there. So I thought that was really crazy. Okay, on to the race. So Logan, like we mentioned before, started from the pits because they basically changed absolutely everything that they could on that Williams car after he ran it into the wall on his first flying lap in Q1. Um, so he had a 10 second penalty because the stewards said that they basically built a third car. So that he served at his first pit stop. I don't remember how many, I was wondering how many pit stops in general most teams had. Because Most of them had two. Nico had okay. three. Um, Sergio, we don't even go about Sergio. He technically yeah. had four. Joe had three. Logan had three. Um, those only ones had three. Okay. Yeah. Initially, because the tire degradation on um, that track was so high, they kind of were saying, like, especially during qualifying, some of those tires might not even last more than one or a couple of laps. So I was curious. I, I forgot to count, but okay. So most people were two, which isn't horrible. They, sure. they thought it might be a three or four stop for pretty much everybody, but, wow. but sure. yes, no. check go ahead for, but <laughs> check go. Uh, we'll get to that. Okay. But it was a really awesome start. Like so much was happening. Like Max got a great jump and he went off to cut off Oscar 
And I was a little bummed for Oscar, but then here comes Lando up the other side. So going into that first turn, Max is like, okay, I covered Oscar, but here comes Lando right next to him. And Lando is like, I almost caught him. I almost caught him, but he's Max. So I didn't, I didn't catch him, <laughs> but it was darn close. But so much was happening towards the back of the grid. So, so much, so much. I was like, you need to go back. Cause I could see the, the smoke and everything. Well, and Albon, like, it was insane. So Joe got damaged. Botas supposedly had a puncture. He ended up with a new wing. Um, Ocon was at the back. Signs, like, what row was he? He must have been the third row or so. He, like, tried to squeeze in between, like, Perez and Charles. And then Perez, like, had a touch with Signs and Hamilton, I think. Hamilton was kind of off. Perez went in for a new wing because he somehow got mixed up in all this and ended up hitting also like i mean it was ridiculous i don't even know what happened to tell you like i'm guessing on some of it because i'm like wait which car is that what's happening um albon actually initially got hit by the alfa romeo so botas but he ended up in the air yes he right? did yeah yeah somebody hit botas they were talking about it. how it's amazing how he kept control yeah and he drove it. He drove. I mean, now he ended up having to retire because of what happened on that that first part. But still, like, they had to bring out the safety car. Like, there was just, it was ridiculous. It was mayhem at the back. Um, Alpha Tauri, listen, I'm just going to say this because I don't know what was happening. Like, I think there was all this kumbaya, which we will talk about in the Beyond the Grid segment. But there was all this kumbaya with, like, Seb and they were... Everybody was building bee houses and the teams were making cute little heart signs. And yet they were all battling each other on track. And I stress out big time when teammates are fighting each other. I love a good side-by-side, wheel-to-wheel, whatever. Like not when you are teammates. So almost as soon as that got started, Liam and Yuki battling each other like nuts. Liam was going for it. Like he ended up getting ahead of Yuki, at least at that time. But like, I just was kind of like, what is happening? Like, what are you trying to prove that you should have been signed and not Yuki? Like he was <laughs> not backing down at all. Like it was stressing me out. And I thought if both Alpha Tauris go out, I'm going to be ticked. Um, Haas, I think we talked about them. They said it was not going to be a good race for them. And I'm pretty sure they finished last. Once you take the five retirements out, because <laughs> there were five retirements in this race. Um, I think they were at the very bottom, if I remember correctly. Um, they were, yes, they were 14th and 15th. You're right. Yep. So Haas was pretty, you know, I guess if you you go into the race not having high expectations, like <laughs> there you go. <laughs> It, it, it was on their vision board. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good vision board. <laughs> I do love a good vision board. Um, Valtteri, uh, he spun after Sergeant locked up. So Logan finally, you know, he gets a car. He's back out on track. He locks up, hits Valtteri. And yeah, and poor Valtteri had to retire on lap nine. It, I mean, honestly, like he just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't think that any of it was his was his issue, but he just kept getting hit. And Logan, that was the final straw. Like it just wasn't going to work. So he ended. Botas ended up retiring. We could talk about Logan in a minute. So Alpine, 
I was thinking about them and I'm like, yay, they actually made it through a race and yay, they both scored points. <laughs> but then we had some drama and the drama wasn't shown on TV. I read about it. Um, so on lap 46, Esteban was asked to let Pierre by to see if Pierre could overtake Fernando, who was in front. And I guess they must have done that because Pierre's pace must have been good enough that they thought, let's give him a go because Esteban hasn't been able to get past him. So there must have been team orders there someplace. So because of that, he well, Pierre could not get past Fernando either because, listen, Fernando's going to try to keep his eighth place if he can. <laughs> he wants the points. But Pierre was told to give the place back to Esteban which to me is fair. That's usually team orders. If we let you through and you can't do it, then we're going to, we're going to invert you and you go back. Yeah. Right now we know there's some, there was some tension. I feel like if I feel like it had been resolved this year, but maybe not because <laughs> Pierre was none too happy to be told to give the spot back to Esteban. He started waving his hands around. He flips him off. And if you're looking at our YouTube channel, you will see a picture of um pierre flipping off is that his middle finger now i guess it does look it kind of does it kind he kind of almost can see this is a finger down I yeah guess that's what i'm trying to yeah because the white is his thumb and then it does look yeah so he apparently yeah. flips off esteban as as esteban goes past but meanwhile he'd been flaring his hands around this is on the final lap he was pissed like he was so mad so he did say like he didn't understand it he didn't know why like he had to give it back and i think esteban said you know that is what you do which i agree with esteban in this case if if we let you through because you're saying you have pace and and i don't know what their their radio was prior to telling esteban to move over but we're going to give it back there were some people that were saying because i always love to read the comments that if they had allowed Pierre to stay in ninth. They finished ninth and 10th. So it wasn't like they were getting major, major points. But if they had let Pierre stay in ninth, he would have gotten more points than Lance. And he would have moved into the top 10 of the World Driver Championship. We know Max is going to win that. It's just a matter of when. But, it, you know, there's probably stuff in their contracts about, like, maybe you get bonuses or whatever. It just looks good, right? So... Um, yeah, he would have because he's one point currently behind Lance. Yep. And if he had been ninth, he would have had two points and that would have put him one point ahead of Lance. So I can see that. I can see that frustration. But if you couldn't do it, then you couldn't do it. <laughs> so <laughs> it is what it is. But, you know, the other thing I forgot is that they still have an interim principal. He would have been tied. He's just been oh, tied. Been okay. I mean, still, you would be tied for 10. But I don't know. I still think like if you couldn't get past Fernando, then we have to give it back to to Esteban. That's the right thing to do. That is my opinion. Um, so about the principal thing, I thought that they would announce because there were rumors that Mattia, who was the principal at Ferrari, was going to take on the role at Alpine. He was seen in Italy at the Monza GP. Nothing was announced. Um I am sticking with my opinion that I said several episodes back that I think Mattia is willing to take on the role, but not until this blank show of a year is over for Alpine. Like, I don't think he wants to step in. They're so unreliable. Like they're yeah. either both scoring points or they're on a podium 
or they're totally not finishing the race at all. So I think that he doesn't want any part of what's happening this year. And yeah, <laughs> and he's going to wait and, until next year. So we'll see. But I totally forgot. They are they just have interim principal right now. OK, so Williams moving on. Well, we kind of talked about Logan. Um, Alex, he ended up having to retire. I don't even know when lap 28. The damage, um, they thought it was floor damage, but the damage on his car from that, the start was just too much. Like they just couldn't. Um, James Vogt in the air. Yeah, bad. He's, he was like, no, it's all good. I don't think it was. James Vowles, I think, was has not been happy the last two weeks. And they, it's not like they were expecting much because they said they think the next track that will really suit their car is Vegas, which is in November. But I think he's just been not too happy with Perez knocking them out last week and not really getting anything for that. And then this week, yeah, just not great. Um, so we know that Logan hit... Botas, he got a five second penalty for that. I felt like yesterday he was totally the new Ocon because he had his 10 second penalty at the start of the race, a five second penalty, and then he ended up retiring on lap 26. Like it just was going from bad to worse for him. And he posted like the saddest, like <laughs> the saddest little face uh, social media thing, and not just Facebook. Like he had his arms, like there, I don't know, it looked like they were looking at his car like around two mechanics and his head is just down. He's like, you know what? Like I cannot put this into words. I cannot seem to get a break at the moment. And he thanked the team, but I think he's at mentally where I was concerned about Nick DeVries. Like he knows he's potentially on a chopping block here. And, and the entire world is saying, get him out of Williams. Like he does not deserve to be there. So I, I think when you have that, like, mentally you have to be confident going into these f1 cars you have to be able to get out there and take some risks and i feel like he's just not going to be at that yeah. place right now yeah i agree he I just he's, his confidence has just got to be shaken too i mean all those there's an article even now on on fi on the formula website that's basically no car is strong enough to survive those crashes albon and sergeant that's as a as an article today oh yikes yeah that is poor logan i mean but he it might he might not be ready for it he might not be so I don't know. Do you take the chance? We talked about how they, you know, say they want to see what he could do in his second season, but do you take that chance and then hope that you're not spending millions of dollars to fix these cars? Because sometimes that's what it costs after a crash like that. It can be close to a million dollars to fix that car. And that's not and your first time. Williams is the only team yet to confirm their full driver lineup for 2024 with Albon continuing with the team, but the identity of his teammate still an unknown. Yep. Mm, interesting. I mean, so what Haas did last year was they brought in, you know, they, they brought back Nico. Nico has a history. Nico is a senior driver. He, they knew he wasn't probably really going to be crashing the way Mick was. So if you're Williams, do you bring in a Felipe up from F2 and give another rookie a chance to see what he could do? Or do you try to find, a more experienced driver that's out there like 
maybe Antonio Giovinazzi, you know, well, I don't know how that works because he's with Ferrari, but like as a reserve driver, but like, do you try to find somebody who's out there like, and maybe bring them back and have more of a senior driver that you don't have to worry too much about? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting call. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Um, okay, let's talk about your team, Aston Martin. So Fernando was not happy with the early pit stop. He's like, you've thrown me to the Lions. This is unbelievable. So he was not happy. Um, he was back on his radio, which I feel like we don't usually hear Fernando flustered, or at least not this year flustered on the radio. And he was back on the radio a couple laps later, and he's like, you need to think of something. Like, think of something to do because he did not know like he wanted some assistance which again like fernando's like he is so mentally like good at his job and everything like but so he must have been at a complete loss if he's telling his engineer like figure it out like think of something um he was also battling his old teammate ocon and last year they got into a lot of scuffles lot of issues. <laughs> so <laughs> that was, that was kind of fun to watch actually. Um, Stroll went into the pits on lap 22 and retired and it did come out. I was like, why is he retiring? Cause nobody was saying really anything, but they showed into the garage and I could see some mechanics and they were doing this like to the rear wing. And so sure enough, they confirmed that it was a rear wing failure. And so he came in. So it's another DNF for Lance. Maybe, you know, not necessarily his fault, rear ring failure, but like, I mean, talk about somebody else's season. It was just going from bad to worse. Like he's not, he, he can't even finish a race. I don't he, know. He's had, he's had zero points in the last three races. And if you look at how he's performed, he's at 8-0-12, 0 12010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010010
zero to seven. Yeah, and and that was and that, I, that there's not a driver causing you to lose your points. That right. that that's tough. Yeah. Anyway, I think there was going? he did have five seconds of that with a penalty, but I don't remember now for what that was. But still, fifteen seconds of it is is pit stop. Then that's craziness. That is crazy. But even though Red Bull run run the constructor in Japan yesterday, um. Aston Martin is losing ground in the constructor. So we're second. Mercedes is sneaking up on them. And Alonzo signs is only well, Mercedes is second in the constructor. What? Mercedes is second in the constructor. Oh, who's sneaking up on them then? Somebody is. And Mercedes, because it goes Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, Aston Martin, and the constructor. Oh, maybe. Wait, what how what's the difference between Aston Martin and Ferrari? Oh, Ferrari's got 64 points on Aston Martin. Mm, good for us. Yeah. But they're they're still losing ground. But also like they're in the 20 driving, points behind they're 20 points behind Mercedes, though. Here we come. <laughs> Here we come. But Mercedes your driver's is point, Carlos is 24, 24 points behind Fernando. Yep. Is, 16 points behind Lewis. Oh, okay. Who is 33 points behind Checo. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really, really, really good. Top four or five is tight. Two through four is pretty tight. I like it. I like it. All right. On to my favorite team. Um, I don't know. <laughs> we were all right. We did all right. I don't know. I have all these like little kind of like a, uh, after last week. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Signs, he was not thrilled. Um, he was totally undercut by Hamilton in the race. Like strategy again, like not awesome. Um, so Carlos after the race said. As always, we'll analyze everything to see if we could have done something different. And I feel like that was a big, like, we're going to talk about how I ended up being undercut by Hamilton <laughs> during the race. So, yes, that is loads of fun. Um, Charles, though, had some pretty decent pace. And I'm kind of hoping that they have, both cars have that new floor in Qatar because he did outperform Carlos this week, not necessarily by a ton, but he did. Um, so he was hunting down Russell and he would pass him. It was a beautiful, like around the outside kind of, <laughs> kind of a pass and got past him. So that was awesome. He was noted for leaving the track, but they said, you know, no more. We don't have, have a need for further investigation on that. Um, and then Carlos passed Russell and he said, like, they're using Mercedes was, was trying to have, like, Lewis, Toe, Russell to defend from Signs. And Signs was like, they're using my trick against me. And he was laughing about it in the car because that's exactly what he did, you know, to keep George and Lewis back in um, Singapore. So that was kind of funny. I thought that was hysterical. But he did end up passing George, but just could not get to Lewis. Um, so, he ended up what fifth and 
No, wait. Six. Charles should have been fourth, right? Charles, Louis, Carlos. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. So with his finish at this race, Charles has surpassed 1,000 career points, which I think is pretty exciting. Good for you, Charles. Way to go. Um, okay. So Mercedes, they had a pretty good race. Um, George and Lewis, again, another team fighting each other. I can't handle it. I just cannot. <laughs> I cannot handle it because George like dive bombed Lewis and got the place. But then Hamilton went back after him, got the place back. Like I just, oh, when it's teammates, I'm like, I don't want both of you going out. Like that is not good. I think you you put yourself on mute. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've just, but yeah, that freaked me out. Like the noise, I was just worried about noises in the apartment. No, um, yeah, that freaked me out. I watched that one where they were like, you know, Russell got ahead and then Hamilton got back ahead. I'm like, yeah, you're going to take each other out. We're going to have no points. Like, yeah, please, it, was, please. it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. So Hamilton also had like a little moment in the gravel that allowed George like back into play. Uh, it was, it was insane. Um, George, uh, George. So when Lewis got ahead of him, George is on the radio to his, to his engineer. Who are we fighting here? Each other or the others? <laughs> Just George, let it, let it be. Like you're both fighting. You're both fighting with each other. And don't try to say like Lewis is just fighting with you. Like, come on. I just, I don't know. I can't handle it. Well, I'm so, sure George has got some like residual ugh, angst after last week too. I'm so. sure he does. I'm sure he does. And I don't think like, I honestly, like my personal feeling is I don't think Lewis felt like he really earned that podium. Like everybody was saying he just seemed a little subdued and it's like, yeah, because his teammate crashed into the wall at, you know, oh, at wow. the end. And that's how he ended up on the podium. I think champions like to win outright. They don't want to be like gifted, you know, something. Yeah, so, agreed. Um, after that little battle though, Mercedes called Lewis into the pits and it did separate them for a while. So it was like, phew, you know, <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. But by lap 47, um, they were back together. So like, yeah, and uh, Carlos was right behind them. So anyways, Russell was told that he needed to swap positions. Lewis had newer tires, um, and was, had more pace and, George tried to argue with that. He tried to say like, you know, like, no, why don't we just do X, Y, Z? Like he had a whole plan and they, they told him, um, that's the instruction. That was it. Like, that's what his, his engineer said. That's the instruction. So basically like move the F over. So, um, so then he does give the place back, but then George is back on the radio and he's saying like, if you want to play the team game, then he needs to give me DRS. He got DRS and Carlos passed him. So like, whatever, like, what are you going to do? That's, I don't think we can put that on Lewis. Lewis said, understood, understood. I will, I will do it. Um, yeah. Anyways, Lewis still did not seem, cause I think with Lewis and we talk about this with Mercedes in general, especially at the beginning of the year, they're very hard on themselves. They know what they want to do. They know what they can do. It's just getting to that point. So Lewis did not seem thrilled after the race with how they finished, even though, like it wasn't horrible. You know, you're still like in there kind of 
you're in the mix. You're getting more points. You're doing better than, you know, a lot of the other teams. But he was saying like that Mercedes can fix the issues for next year, but it's going to be the next six month has to be the greatest six months of development we've ever had. So Lewis apparently it, is still thinking there's a lot of work that needs to be done on it that. It just me the Mercedes woes me kind of attitude. Yes, <laughs> exactly. The we will do it. So maybe this is what I was thinking of before when I was talking about the World Driving Championship. But Lewis is gaining on Perez, like you said, and Norris is now tied with Russell at 115 points each. So again, George who has been in a very decent car. The McLarens were nothing until basically like Silverstone. Norris has made up that many points in such a short amount of time that he is now tied with George Russell. That to me is crazy. Yeah. McLaren is just 49 points away from Aston Martin. Oh my gosh. Where where is George and Lando in the World Driver Championship? Because they both have to be in the top ten. Seventh and eighth. Seventh and eighth. Okay. But they both have 115, right? 115, yep. Yeah. Okay. And then Charles is 20 ahead of them at 135. And then Carlos mm. 15 ahead at 150. Okay. So I mean, really, Lando the is top doing... eight, the top that second to eight is tight. You know, because yes. then after that, Oscar's at 57 points. So, oh, yeah. Um, and with, with Lance Stroll at 47. Oh, Lance Stroll. Again, tell, say how many points that Fernando has. Uh, 174. 174 to 47. Granted, they have not been, their, their car has not been good since Canada, but like then at the beginning of the season, you should have been, I don't care risks or no risk. If you're driving, like you should have way more points than 47. <sighs> don't get me started. If I was proper stroll, I would family dinners might be awkward sometimes. Um, <laughs> that's all I can say. They might be interesting. Okay. McLaren. Oh, McLaren. Wow. This team, by the way, I think um, by the time this comes out, it's going to be over. But after the double podium yesterday, they you could take 60% off a bunch of their stuff on their website. I was so tempted to like go and get myself some McLaren gear. Um, so yeah, anyway, I know this is we're recording on a Monday and not a Sunday. So yeah, so, yeah, it, it we're one day. Usually, usually we do it right after the race on Sunday. But at the before the race, the drivers were told that they need to follow orders. They need to follow the team orders. And they said that they would. Um, so I feel like there was one point where it, it seemed like somebody forgot that, <laughs> that promise. <laughs> we'll get to that. So during Perez's pit stop during the virtual safety car, he, he pitted for tires, awesomeness. Um, but when he came back out, he, I think it was Lando that he overtook from the pit lane. And so that was one of Perez's like issues. I don't, Anyways, I, I think that involved, um, I think that involved, oh, maybe it was Piastri or no Piastri pit for tires. That's what it is. It was when Perez caused the virtual safety car, Piastri pit for tires. That ended up to be a good strategy. Norris was getting irritated because he did end up behind Piastri at some point, maybe after his pit stop 
And he was so frustrated. He was telling his engineer, like, and we know, like, I, I do feel Lando gets flustered on the radio sometimes when he starts getting agitated and he gets very vocal. So he was telling his engineer, complaining, like, the longer I stay behind, Oscar, the worse they're, the worse they're making the race for him. He wanted the team orders. And supposedly the team did tell Piastri, you need to move aside. You need to let Lando through. And it looked like Piastri was going to let Lando through. And all of a sudden he like dived down. So Lando couldn't get through. So it was kind of like mm, those team orders that you promised. I feel like maybe no, like you want to go for it. So eventually Piastri let him through. Um, but he had such a good drive. Like he went for it going against George Russell. That was an amazing pass. Like he just was like, I got to do it. Lando was second for the second week in a row. Oscar, his first podium in just 16 races <laughs> as a rookie. First time at the track and he was voted driver of the day. Craziness. He's and you know what's cool about him? I was just looking. He's also had a fastest lap this year. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. And a, and a sprint podium. So like talk about a rookie season. I mean, I felt like it was kind of a no brainer that he's going to win rookie of the year. I mean, considering one of them is gone and then the other one is Logan Sargent who doesn't, <laughs> who keeps, doesn't have a point. And like, so kind of a slam dunk. I feel like that will be anticlimactic at the end of the year banquet, but, um, but he's having a heck of a rookie season. It's amazing. So he's also the first driver to score a podium in his rookie season get this, since Lance Stroll did it in 2017 in <laughs> Things can happen in those many years. <laughs> like, what is that? Wow. Six, six years. years. Yeah, six years. So Lando's also tied for um, with the most second place finishes this year, and I think he's tied with Perez. So let's get into Perez, to Perez and Red Bull. We're almost done. So Perez was noted for an infringement, got a five second, second, oh, this was it, got a five second penalty for passing Alonzo on the pit entry. <sighs> then he locked up at another point, hit K-Mag, punted him off. K-Mag ends up going the wrong direction. So like the two cars are like facing each other. Um, he has front wing damage. He has had to, re he had to replace two front wings in 13 laps. Actually, today I heard Christian Horner said they didn't have any more. So if something happened or if Max needed a front wing, they didn't have any more. They used them all on Perez um, with all of his issues. So I don't know. They they he started to say like after the second front wing, he said the car doesn't feel right. They told him to retire, um, but they retired, and he was getting a five second penalty for hitting K-Mag. So he comes in, whatever. People are like, well, he doesn't serve the five-second penalty. He will, they will like move that penalty over. I don't, I think, I don't know if it would result in just a penalty at a pit stop or a grid drop, but it would roll over to Qatar. Um, so yeah, after he put out of his car for a while, he was 25 or 26 laps down. Perez got back in the car he actually got back in the car when he was only 13 laps down. So another 13 laps go by before they actually let him out of the garage. Um, and he does a lap or two. They bring him in to pit. He sits, does his five second penalty for hitting K-Mag, goes back out. 
And as soon as he goes back out, they're like, please retire the car. And he comes back in and he's done. Nobody has ever seen this happen in F1 before. There's speculation that the reason he sat in his car for so long was because they wanted to um, make sure that they were talking to race control to make sure that he could actually do that. But apparently they, if you're in the pits and you get out of the car and you fix the car, you can go back out, even though you're down that far. So there's all kinds of really funny stuff out there today talking about the the double DNF for Red Bull, but Max still wins the race because Checo yeah. DNF twice, basically. He, so. he officially completed 15 laps, which was more than Valtteri, who only completed seven. Yeah. Well, because Valtteri got hit by two different people. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there really wasn't much he could do about that. But Max won. He was back with a 19 second lead. Supposedly, he told Christian Horner this past week that he wanted to win by 20 seconds. He was very, very close. I think it was 19.3 is what he won yeah, by. Um, yeah, so he was darn close. Uh, the trophies were actually pretty cool. So there was a little spot on the back of the trophy that said, kiss me. Um, and so they gave Max the trophy. He did kiss the back and it lit up in um, the Netherlands flag color. So it was red, white, and blue. Um, I'm not sure if all the trophies did that, but when they gave, <laughs> I thought this was funny. When they gave Christian Horner his trophy, he like went to kiss it and he's looking at it because nothing happened. But he also kissed the front of it. So I don't know if you have to kiss the one spot like where it says kiss me on the back. But he looked confused. because here's, here's an interesting stat. Lando was 17.1 seconds ahead of Oscar. Oh, interesting. He, he, had, he definitely had way more pace. That's why you had to let him through. That's why you have to let him through. <laughs> 17 seconds. That's craziness. Um, Red Bull won the constructor for the second year in a row. It's their sixth overall constructor. And it was like they won, you know, they had all their shirts ready. Everybody was wearing the shirts that say six and they're blue and gold. And they had a flag like already. Yeah. So when Max, by the time he got out of the car, the pit was crew was there. And they had the flag out and he's posing with the flag. So yay. Good for them. What I thought was really funny after the race, so Mercedes and Ferrari, and there might've been other teams and I just didn't see it, but Mercedes and Ferrari both posted a congratulations social media post to Red Bull on winning their constructor. And I, <laughs> a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, that's so nice. Like, you know, this is what sportsmanship is all about. But I'm like, does anybody else notice the passive aggressive like nature of these, these posts? Because like Ferrari... The two pictures that they showed had their car slightly in front of the Red Bulls. And then Mercedes, the picture that they posted was Max with George and Lewis on a podium. like So like an older picture where they both were on the podium with Max. And I'm like, okay, is it just me? Or is there like a little aggressive tone to the congratulations on your constructor? Look at us ahead of you. I just had to laugh at that. I love, I love the social media this year for F1. Okay. Beyond the grid. Like I said, a lot happening. A lot of people are out doing stuff in, um, in, I was going to say in Singapore, we were in Japan in Suzuka, um, this, this week, one of the best things was Sebastian Vettel. I love Sebastian Vettel. I think he's an amazing human being. Um, he actually, to highlight the importance of biodiversity. He's all about the environment. 
He's doing a whole thing about racing, um, like without using fuel. I mean, I don't even remember what track it was at. Last year, he was out after the race helping um, volunteers pick up trash in the grandstands. Like he is just an amazing human. So um, to highlight his importance, the importance of biodiversity and Suzuka being his favorite track, he um, and all the other drivers established a bee colony on turn two at Suzuka. So they're calling it Buzzing Corner. Um, and every driver, some of the principals, but every single driver was out there. I think it was Wednesday. Maybe it was Thursday. The curbs around turn two were black and yellow. I don't know if that was shown, but up until that point, they're red and white. And then around that turn, it was black and yellow. They had 11 B huts or B hotels. They look like um, a Japanese shrine. And all the drivers came out and he was teaching, like they painted them and they put like their stamps on them. And he gave them all the stuff that they needed to build out these B hotels, like little twigs and all this different stuff. And it looked like they were all honestly really enjoying it. Um, so I think that was, that was just really fun. Like, I just thought it was so, so sweet that they did that. Um, last year in Austin, I think it was, they plant, he planted a certain number of trees. I think, I don't know if it was for every win that he had, or I don't remember what it was, but I just love that he's out there like making a difference where he can. But when they were doing qualifying and practice, Seb was just like standing trackside looking really sad. And he's just watching the drivers. And he said, it really hurt to be watching and not uh, being out there. So my thought was kind of like, get back out there then. Like, <laughs> uh -huh. maybe what what if we get rid of Lance and you go back to Aston Martin, you could drive with Fernando. I mean, I don't know how that would work, but maybe. Or you, you did could say Williams needs a seasoned driver. Williams could use a seasoned driver. We could get rid of Chatty Kathy and you could come in. That would be lovely. I mean, there's options, Seb. That's all I'm saying. There's options. I feel like we can make it work. That's all I'm going to say on that. Um, there were a lot of origami challenges. So Alfa Romeo were showing that. Lando and Oscar tried to do it. Joe and Valtteri gave up. They made paper airplanes. They barely <laughs> tried. Um, Lando and Oscar, they were able to do it. Oscar, fun fact, we learned um, he actually took Japanese in school. So they had him like writing some things out. So um, Arigato, they had him write his name. <laughs> he doesn't remember a whole lot, but he was, he actually did pretty good on that stuff. Um, there was also a lot of stuff the drivers were doing with sumo wrestlers. So Red Bull and AlphaTauri went, they did a challenge um, with some sumo wrestlers. There's like, I think something with hitting the hands and making sure like you didn't go over this line. Max, of course, being the super achiever that he is, seemed to do pretty well. Um, George went to watch. So there's a lot of stuff happening there. Mercedes went bowling. Apparently that's a tradition and it looked like fun. Like they, they booked out the whole bowling alley. That looked like fun. And then Lewis and Esteban, they did remote control cars. So we have a little picture of them, the smiles on their faces. And if you go and watch the video, I guess Esteban used, does remote control cars quite often. And Lewis, you know, hadn't really um, done it for a while, but they just looked like they were having so much fun. Like those smiles were on their faces. Lewis was like, let's do it again in Austin. And Esteban's like, I'm in. But they had so just running these cars up and down like the pit lane. They were having a blast. 
which I love to see. Like I, I love to see the drivers doing stuff outside of, you know, just racing. And um, I think it was Lewis that said, you know, we have a lot more in common than even some of us think that we do. So yeah. it's good to, to kind of get out there and do something other than um, racing. So the um, personalities and not this, it's always a serious focus to get that little bit of break and yeah, exactly. And just be fun and like, be like kids and have some joy. <laughs> um, this is kind of beyond the grid, kind of not, but there's a rumor going around that Alex Albon is going to compete in next year's 24 hours of Daytona after the F1 season. So that would actually be kind of fun. That would be kind of fun. I think Fernando has done that. I think there's a few drivers that have also done that. So anyways, I think that'll be really cool. This week is an off week. Um, our next race is October 6th through, well, it's technically on October 8th, but race weekend 6th through the 8th is in Qatar. Um, no idea what we'll do for this coming week's podcast, but we'll think of something. We'll think of something. I'm sure we will. Yeah. So Some rules that's or something. It. I'm sure there'll yeah. be a lot going on. Yeah, though there will be. There will be plenty plenty of stuff going on. So yeah, that was it. Another long episode, but I'm telling you, there is so much stuff that happens <laughs> is happening each week. It's, it's craziness. So we've got to get it all in. We want to make sure. Everybody maybe we'll knew. get the Williams answer. Maybe we'll get, you know, what's that? Some of that. Maybe we'll get, we'll get the Williams answer who their other drivers are going to be, you know, maybe something like that. That would be really nice. But for some reason, I feel like it's going to be like Haas. I think they're going to give him some more opportunities. And I'm going to guess around Austin or Mexico, they might say something. We shall see. That sounds about right. Yeah. We shall right. see. But yay. Thanks for sticking around. That was a long one. That was a good one. Thanks for keeping me up on everything. Yeah. Now I'm going to get us out and published and sleep. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it is. What is it about midnight your time? Yikes. Getting there. Yikes, yikes, yikes. All right. Go do your thing. Go do Thank your you thing. all for along on the ride. We'll see you guys next week. See you Bye. next week. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Mm -hmm.